welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 135 for Saturday the 12th of January 2019. Now I'm just back from Spain, I mean about two hours back from Spain, and in this episode I'm going to be walking you through the 425 photos I took and telling you all the boring anecdotes that are connected with every single one. Only kidding, I'm going to be talking about writing, I've got a lot to catch up with, I've got my quarter one preview coming up in this episode, plus I've just got so much to catch up with, it's going to be quite a long one today, so you might want to get yourself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee um, to listen to this one with. Now I decided to record this, I had this episode pre-recorded, but I'd made so many changes and tweaks while I'd been away in Spain and I just kept editing the pre-recorded version until it was about 15 minutes long. And I just thought, you know what, if I get home in time, I'm just going to re-record this and do a fresh one because I can just give you much more clarity now, obviously having thought about all of this for the past three to four weeks. And of course, holidays are a great time for thinking things through. Um, the bulk has pretty well stayed the same. What you heard last week, it's all the same. I could just give you a couple of extra tweaks and some extra detail. So let's start, first of all, with the quarter one preview. This is for January to March 2019. And as you heard last week, you heard my overall aim. My overall aim is to make sure that I've got 20 fiction books written by the time I'm 55, which is a year in March. And I hope I'm going to hit that target early, but not quite sure yet because I'm going to up my writing pace. So my aim in quarter one of this year is to write three 50,000 word books. Now they'll be longer than 50,000 because I I kind of write 5,000 words a writing day, as you know, but I always write over. And by the time the book's done, I've usually accrued at least another 5,000, if not more than that. So my big plan for this quarter is to write three 50,000 word military sci-fi books. Now, I can confirm to you that those books are going to be military sci-fi books now. Um, And I'll tell you more about that in a moment or two. Now, how can I do this? The reason I can do this is because I'm knocking my crypto podcast on the head. The last episode runs today, in actual fact, of the crypto podcast. That was pre-recorded before Christmas with Alison. And also, I'm no longer... Uh, scheduling the podcast interview episode. So I'm only doing the podcast diary. And I can't believe how much time that clears up in my schedule. Now, the other reason for me writing three books in such a compacted period of time is that my wife, as I told you last week, has got a new contract. It means her working days change. So, you know, frankly, because she's she's only working part of the day on, on Saturdays and Sundays, but the fact that she's working those hours, I could either sit there laying in bed, twiddling my thumbs or watching YouTube videos, or I could move my button, I get some writing done and try and up my writing pace. And, and that's the decision that I've made. And I did say to you last week, you know, I'm not entirely sure that I can keep this up. It's, it's not so much, I know I can do 5,000 words a day. I think it's really the flow of ideas. Can I keep that up? But I'll, I'll tell you more about that in a moment when I, I run through what I got done in Spain. So three books between now and the end of March. 
Paul's podcast diary continues, so I will be recording episodes 136 to episodes 146. That's how it pans out for the next quarter. And I also said to you I wanted to up the rate of park runs that I do. So I'd like to get six park runs done in this first quarter of the year. Now, here are some other things. And these things kind of are, are a little bit more flexible. So um, the first thing is I, I want to get my Secret Bunker books, they've been re-edited. I'll talk to you a bit more about that later. The Secret Bunker books have been re-edited, so I need to go through those. I need to uh, check Helen's edit. She's made it all past tense now, which I'm so happy with. I can't express how happy I am with that. And I need to move those files into Vellum. And if you remember, I'm going to be submitting The Secret Bunker over this weekend for another try on BookBub. In the notes section, I'm going to say these books have been completely overhauled and re-edited for 2019. I'm going to tell them that it's the Bunker's 25th anniversary. It's a great time for us to be promoting that book. And uh, hopefully I'm going to, I'd like to get a promotion on The Secret Bunker, which has never had one, even though it's a four-year-old book. I've never really tried for one, to be honest with you. The other thing that I'm going to have to do is unpublish my standalone thrillers. But that will be triggered by me submitting Don't Tell Meg for another book bub and I can submit don't tell Meg for another book bub in another couple of weeks time just trying to work out what the date is um in February um is that the end of February it's the end of January I can submit don't tell Meg at the end of January so if I were lucky enough to get a, um, a book bub on don't tell Meg at the end of January of this year then I, I would um let that run and obviously a bit, bit, bit daft to remove all the standalone thrillers, but I'd let it have its one or two months where you get the really good payments. And then I would unpublish the standalone thrillers because after that little flurry from Don't Tell Meg from a book bub, if stroke when I get one, after that little flurry, I'm going to take, I'm going to unpublish those books, maybe give them new titles, give them another, um, just a brief re-edit, um, really just to go through all the feedback that I've had on them and to just put anything right that readers thought wasn't right. And then I'm going to use them as part of my rapid re-release strategy. So that's the plan with the thrillers. I've, I've told you that already. Um, and then also, um, so many lies. I've done my edit on that book before Christmas, and I want to get that edited and all the files ready for that book. And again, the release of so many lies depends on if and when I get the Don't Tell Meg book bub. Because the Don't Tell Meg book bub is going to provide the money, if I get it, to put new covers, new titles on the thrillers so I can just completely rapid re-release them. But I will start with a brand new book that no one will recognise, which will be So Many Lies. And so that needs to get edited and ready by the end of this quarter. I've also had another um, couple of things to do on that list. Um, what have I got? Um, I'm not going to do any events, actually, in this in this quarter everything is going to be geared to getting those three books written and self-edited in this quarter and I've also read um, three books and I'm going to blacken this out for the time being until I tell you or if I tell you who this collaboration is with because we're still discussing it at the time of recording this but I've read um, the first three books from the writer that I may or may not be collaborating with so those are my targets for this year. They're pretty lean and clean. It's basically Paul's Podcast Diary, weekly episode, write three books, part runs, and then you've got some extra activities based around that. So let's go in there with a little bit more detail. So my original aim was to write 350k books in January, February, March. And then I, I originally said to you, I was going to release that first book on the 21st of March. I, I can have that ready, but... 
I think that might be a bit tight. I think I might slip the release schedule to possibly the beginning of May, not because the books won't be ready, just because I kind of want to get a pace, get my pace up and make sure that I can, I can sustain that. So I might just let myself get, say, a book ahead, for instance, so I can allow slippage if I, if I continue the rapid release later in the year. So I think the books will be ready in actual fact, but I just don't think I'm, I think I will be making a rod for my own back if I release on the 21st of March. I think that's going to slip to April stroke May for the releases, even though the books will be sat there ready to go. So, of course, this can be achieved by reducing my podcast commitments, crypto news podcasts and self-publishing journeys, uh, interviews go, and also my wife's writing schedule that facilitates that. Now, while I was in Spain, I've been doing a lot of work in actual fact, and I have detailed planning now for a full military sci-fi trilogy. So I have planned out entirely a trilogy. I know exactly what's going to happen. Um, so it's they're all 50,000 word books. They have 10 chapters. I've planned out each chapter and each chapter reflects the save the cat principles. So I've got each of those story arcs done. Now, because I may be collaborating with this book, rather than using the novel factory, which is my preferred tool to cast this book, I've now used the, 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 uh, you know, the tool that the Johnny Dave and Sean use, which is the Story Shop app. And I've cast my book already again in there. I've got my characters, my key characters. I've even sketched out what would happen if, if the books go well and I'm happy with them and I want to continue. I can either close it at book three or I can open a new loop in book four. So um, again, this is very different for me. Um, you know that I've essentially been a pantser. In, for this book, I've just planned it all out. It's all planned out uh, and, and ready to go. Um, I know exactly what's going to happen. Now, what I will do on a week-by-week -week basis, so I, I, I always think you can't plan out absolutely every every move in a book. I, that that takes the fun out of it for me. But I, I know all the key actions in the books, and I know all the key plot points. I know the ends, and I know how the trilogies link. I know all of those things now um, on, on those notes. And, and what I'm going to do, and, I, and it's been great, actually. I, I did this as soon as I got home because I'd be dying to get back to my planning sheet. I've been without it for the last three and a half weeks. Um, but I've got loads of time to to make sure that as I'm writing that book, I can be planning, thinking about the plot points. And um, again, I'll talk to you about things that I've been up to in a moment or two. But um, I've, I've been reading some really good nonfiction craft books while I've been in Spain. And um, there was one book that was talking about these are the three things I put in every uh, part of my book. And, uh, and I'm going to add one more to that because it's military sci-fi. So every, um, so you've got every chapter I write has three parts because that's the way I write. It keeps the pace up. It keeps the, yeah, keeps the pace up. It keeps the balance of the book. So you don't get long and short chapters. And so I'm going to put all these three things in this, into the chapter. I can't remember off the top of my head because it's on my Kindle. And I've been highlighting them on my Kindle. I need to take the file off. Um, so, uh, but the extra thing I'm going to put in, so I'm going to put four things in each chapter, but it's something like every chapter, progresses the plot um and then there's two other things that i can't remember off the top of my head but i'm going to add another thing because it's military sci-fi and there has to be military kind of action a gun going off a gunfight an explosion you know something military in every part of that book to keep the action up and to to to, to pander to the genre tropes of military sci-fi so uh, I'll be doing that over the weekend when I'm catching up, to be honest with you. So um, I, I've planned it through. Um, I reckon, I actually reckon, uh, because I've been going through my planning diary now, uh, I actually reckon if I can keep the writing pace up, I can have the three books written. When's the right by date? I can actually be 
well on the way to book four. Yeah, I can have all, I can have the first three books written by 17th of March. If I don't get ill, you know, if nothing happens, as per schedule, I can have it written by mid-March, 17th of March, which is quite amazing. So um, follow me on the journey. This is what the podcast diary is for. See whether I mess it up or make it. And uh, you'll hear me talking you through it every week on the diaries. So we're still waiting to see whether that's going to be a collaboration or not. As soon as I know, I'll let you know. But I read the the three books that that kind of that I'll be collaborating in the universe. I'll be collaborating in. So that was the first thing I made sure I got done while I was out in Spain. And I'm actually going to start. I think I told you I was going to start writing on Friday next week. I'm going to start writing on Thursday. I actually just decided to cancel everything that is superfluous in between now and the end of March. Uh, to just clear the decks. I want to do this. I really want to set myself up for success with these three books. I've just cancelled everything. Everything's gone. Everything. I've just wiped. Everything's just been wiped away. I have, you know, I looked at it. I thought none of this has to be done. So any appointments, engagements or anything I had on has all been cancelled. And uh, I'm just going to be working on this until from now until the end of March while I get my rhythm up to see whether I can do it. I just want to give myself the best chance of success to be able to write these books faster, to see whether I can do it, see whether I can sustain um, rapid release. So um, hopefully that's how it will go. Um, I've got something else, another iron in the fire, which I can't tell you about just yet. Um, I was emailing and messaging about it over Christmas. Um, and I will figure out again with that trilogy, I'll figure out whether I just round it up at the end of book three or whether I'm going to continue trying to write at that pace. I'll figure that out probably the start of March, end of February, start of March. So I can't tell you what comes beyond that. But at the moment, my plan is to at least get the first three stroke four books done and rapid release them in that military sci-fi series. Okay, so um, let's go into a little bit more detail now then. So I'm going to be submitting The Grid, The Secret Bunker, and Don't Tell Meg to BookBub on a monthly recurring basis. Now, I can't do The Grid for another couple of months because it's just had a BookBub, and I've just actually had my big payment month for that, which was great, which feels wonderful for a book that's three years old and which I've never really sold many copies of. So that feels fantastic. And uh, the lesson that I keep reminding you of is, it doesn't matter how old the book is, you can freshen it up and you can make money from it at any time. It's an asset. Um, it's, uh, just because you, you know, when I released the grid, I hadn't got a clue what I was doing and uh, never really made much money out of it. And now I can come back to it three to four years later and we can get a book bub and we can make some really good sales from that book. So um, the, the Secret Bunker and the grid, if I get... Uh, a repeat book bub on the grid and if I get a first book bub on the secret bunker that is going to fund the covers and the proofreads for the rapid release books now I may be I may be doing a Chris Fox on these military sci-fis and um, I'm going to edit them myself I'm going to self-edit them and I bought Pro Writing Aid so I can go through and check for this, this, you know, this, that, and the other. I talked to you in a moment or two about some craft books that I've been reading too to hopefully improve my writing this time around as well and help me avoid some of the writing pitfalls. But the, the idea is, is that the Secret Bunker or the Grid trilogy will fund the covers for the military sci-fis and the proof reads for those if I get the proof reads. Now, probably what I, what I may do is I may proof them myself again I've got so much time not doing all these podcasts that I can actually proof do an hour each evening and then do an hour or so 
in the afternoons at the weekends. Um, now I'm going to, I'm just going to see if I can sustain that kind of pace because you know, I don't really like editing. So if I can do an hour here, an hour there, um, it takes me three weeks to write a 50,000 word book in this scenario. If it, if it happens and, uh, that during that three weeks, I could be editing the previous book. So I'm hoping that I can keep that pace up, but I'll let you know. It'll all come out in these diaries. You'll either hear tears or cheers. Um, so if I get a don't tell Meg, if stroke when I get a don't tell Meg, that is good to fund new covers, new consistently branded covers across my whole don't tell Meg series. If I get that don't tell Meg book bub, if stroke when, I'll delist my standalone thrillers. I'll re-release them, you know, put new covers on them and we'll do a rapid re-release at some point with the thrillers. It will start with So Many Lies. It will then continue with the the four that frankly I've done nothing with. Um, so they're, they're as good as new books. If I put covers on them and maybe new titles, they're as good as new books as very few people have read them. And then if that rapid re-release of the thrillers is working well, that I'll unpublish Don't Tell Meg and I'll rapid re-release that series at the end of it and maybe give it a new title, maybe even new covers again. It really just depending on if that works or not. So I don't really know when the rapid re-releases are going to start just yet. Um, the the thrillers depends on... I, I, got, I got to get so many lies edited, so that's not going to be done until at least the end of March. So the thrillers... And, and, and if I were lucky enough, for instance, to get another... Book bub on Don't Tell Meg at the end of January. I think you're looking for the thrillers maybe April, May, if I get a book bub. And for the military sci-fi, again, you're looking probably mid-April to May for those. So I may have two lots of rapid releases going on at once if I'm if I get lucky with book bubs. The good news is is that um because the grid has been earning nicely for me, um as a result of that book bub. I have enough money in the pot to pay for a proper Helen Vazal edit on So Many Lies. I've budgeted £1,000 for that, and I've budgeted 800 quid to get three Christian Callius covers. Christian's kind of the, the military sci-fi cover ninja, just brilliant, brilliant covers. Um, so I'm gonna, I've, I've talked to Christian about doing that, and then I can get the proofread done. I've also commissioned a proofread on my author notes. Do you remember I did my author notes before Christmas? I didn't want to just put those in the books, so I've uh, commissioned somebody to do a proofread on those as well. I've got enough money in the pot to do all of those things and pay for my secret bug credits, which is which is fabulous. So it's a nice position to be in. So um, I'm going to continue the, the 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 exercise. You heard this in my kind of targets for last week. Um, I'm doing the park runs. I'm, I'm going to be watching the weight now. Um, you won't see any kind of obsessive dieting or anything with the, the weight. It's really just a case of uh, I'll be avoiding uh, chocolate. I'll be avoiding crisps. I'll be avoiding beer. Um, I, I knew I couldn't start until I got back from Benidorm. It was only yesterday I was sitting in a pub reading a writing craft book. Not a pub. It was... Um, well, it is a pub, but the pubs open out and they, they look over the beach and the sea. So I was sitting in a beautiful area like that uh, reading a craft book and having a beer and I knew that I would drink more I've drunk more beer in Benidorm and I haven't drunk very much I haven't, I've had no more than 10 pints in my whole three to four weeks in Benidorm that's more beer than I've drunk in the last two years like I really don't drink very much at all um, but I thought I, I can't really start measuring weight until we've done Benidorm because it's terrible for for diet and things so anyhow that that starts now the the kind of weight monitoring and the six part runs. Now, just to let you know, I'm not going to bore you with this. I don't want to become a running bore 
or um, with this. But what I will do, so you won't hear about it. You'll only hear in this diary if I kind of hit a milestone. So uh, you know, I've maybe hit a, um, dropped a half stone in weight. When we hit those kind of key deadlines, I'll mention them on the diary. But I'm not going to mention it every week because it'll bore the life out of you. This is a writing. This is a writing podcast. But I'll give you the very big milestones, very very occasionally because. They won't be coming very fast, I assure you. Uh, but I don't want to become an exercise bore on this podcast. So what I'm going to do is I'll put the stats, the kind of this week's weight, this week's part wrong time. They'll go on the show notes for the diaries, but I'm not going to mention them unless I got a big target because I don't want to bore you with that stuff. But I know some of you would probably want to follow it. Now, I, I do view this stuff as the same as writing. It's all about planning. It's all about making goals. It's all about working towards those goals and setting yourself up for success. So I do think they all have a lot in common. Um, but I'm not going to bore you with it because this is a writing podcast diary. If you want to see the, the notes on this, it'll be on each week, starting probably next week. It'll be on my Paul podcast diary weekly notes that you get on the website at selfpublishingjourneys.com. So what else? Um, something I'm going to stop doing now, and you know this because of things I said before Christmas, no more how-to blog posts. I want. I don't want to become a how-to guy now. And, you know, I might return to this. So I really just want to step aside from the how-to because I don't feel like I'm having uh, significant levels of success. I don't really feel that I'm, I should be telling or anybody what to do at all, really. And, and hopefully I don't tell anybody what to do. Hopefully I just show you what I'm doing. I, I think that's kind of the way I try to play it. But I don't want to set myself up as inverted commas, any kind of an expert. And I don't, I don't think of myself in that way at all. But that's really why I don't want to do the how to things. I don't want to become sort of a go to guy for information. Now, at a point, if, if I have any great success with, with my books, if I have a sort of a breakthrough at any stage, then I'll, I'll probably return to that and start to share that information. But at the moment, I just want to kind of retreat into my shell a little bit more and just get my head down and, and do the work just completely focus on doing the work. So I, w- I might come back to that. If I have any sort of level of success with this, if I manage to achieve that, then it would be a bit churlish not to share that stuff. But I'm not setting myself up as this kind of how-to guy, how did Paul do it or anything like that. I'm just going to quietly share the tips on this diary. And you know anybody who wants to download it and listen it on a weekly basis, if it's useful to you, that's fantastic. But um, I have to tell you that, um, and I'll, I'll let you know this now, I actually had the final podcast diary episode recorded and it was stacked up in the podcast queue. And I, I thought I'm going to record it and see how I feel about it over Spain. And I've, de- I've decided to continue the diary uh, as much really because I've got so many episodes now that if I ever do kind of have a breakthrough, if I ever do manage to become like a six-figure author or anything like that, I've got this superb audio record of everything that I had to do to get there with all the tears, you know, and the frustrations. Every single bit is in this podcast. Diary. I thought it's a real shame not not to continue that. Even if I didn't publish it for people to listen to, I think I'd probably still record it because it's such a brilliant record. So um, I, I, you'll be, hopefully you'll be pleased to hear that I, I deleted that and um, thought, no, it's not, it's not time to rest the diary yet. You know, I'm not done flogging this thing and, and trying to make a success of it. Um, but I am going to stop the how-to blog post. However, you've heard me say about my MailerLite emails that I've had some lovely responses from my readers to my emails, to my author questions. And this is, I'm finding this information fascinating. So if I do get time, to create any blog posts, it's really good to be compiling the answers that I got from people in my emails and turning them into 
blog posts about, um, you know, what do people say about UK versus USA English? What do people say, readers say about violence in books and humour in books and things like that? So um, really, they'll just be the results of surveys that I've done with my readers. They're not setting myself up in any kind of inverted commas expert capacity. They're really just sharing information I've got from my readers because I find it really interesting. I'm sure you will too. So um, the secret bunker, very pleased that I don't all over the place this week. Apologies for that. I've been writing notes for this in Spain and, and I'm, I'm just back from Spain. I've only like quarter unpacked my bag so far. That's where we are. And I just need to get this out quickly. So it's, it's sitting in your podcast queue tomorrow morning. But uh, Helen has re-edited my Secret Bunker trilogy. I'm so excited about that because, I, you, you know, if you've listened to these diaries, I've been saying, if I made one mistake with that book, is that I mixed the tenses. Well, Helen's gone through and made it all past tense and done a re-edit on it. So that gives me huge confidence with that book. So again, she's read the book, so I really love the story. It's a really strong story, and it's really much better for this edit. So it really gives me huge confidence in that because I always loved that story. I just, they were the first books I ever wrote, and I was winging it. I was working it out as I went along. And... um you know, they, they were they were always good books, I think. I always loved the story, but I didn't quite get it first take. And now, really pleased because I could be ever so confident with these books now. We've, we've given them a really good going through. So I need to, I'm, I'm going to have to catch up. So I'm going to go through those books, just check Helen's changes, make sure she hasn't missed anything, publish them in Vellum. That's great. And then the other thing I want to do is I'm going to get some stickers. I'm going to, when I republish the paperbacks, I'm going to send the secret bunker itself in, in Scotland. I'm going to send them 20 paperbacks and I'm going to get some stickers on because it's the 21st and 25th anniversary of the secret bunker in, in um, Scotland being open to the public. And I'll get a special sticker to stick on the books and send them the rest of the reel so that they can sort of sell the books in the, in the shop there. And, you know, I sell a lot of books in the shop there. And of course, um, we sell book one in paperback. It means people go on to buy books two and three. And I just feel I've got this kind of renewed confidence in my secret bunker book because it was always a great story. But I feel like sort of from a craft point of view, uh, now Helen's done this work, we've really got that story right from a craft point of view too. The other thing to remember, as well as being the 25th year of the secret bunker, you said there's going to be press and there's be press releases and probably TV and radio reports. It would be daft for me not to capitalise on that. Uh, so that's why I want to get those secret bunkers in place. But also remember Simon Magus is continuing the work on the musical version of the secret bunker and um, you know i hope that publicity around that if you uh, hopefully simon will get that ready during the 25th year we'll get publicity around that just feels a really good time to do that work on the secret bunker trilogy so i sent off i've mentioned this already and i i am jumping i do apologize but i, I sent off my author notes for proofreading I, um, I just felt i better get a second pair of eyes on them and then i'm going to add my author notes to my vellum copies and publish them across sort of all the channels and um, i only need a light and uh, proofread on these so um, when, when it's author notes it's just me talking about the books um we're not going for high levels of, of literary fiction here so they only need a light proofread just to make sure I haven't made any mess up so I've commissioned the the proofreader if you remember if you've got a really good memory you'll know that Helen Fasal was unable to edit my who to trust book and I got an editor uh, I found a second editor to do who to trust just to give me the confidence that there was no horrible howlers and bloopers in there um, and that was a, a sort of a, you know a light proofread if you want and a check through the book 
It was very cheap. And I've commissioned the same editor to do that. Um, she, she, she sort of, does, she does the full proofreads as well, but she does lighter proofreads like essays and things like that. And that's actually exactly what I need on my author notes. I just need a light proofread. And I just said, can you, because I dictated those. Do you remember I told you I dictated those notes? Um, I haven't quite got the paragraphs right. And I said, would you just, um, I'll pay you a bit extra. Can you just check that I've got the sentences all in the right paragraphs and things? Because I, I did it stream of consciousness talking into the microphone rather than actually writing. I find it easy easier to paragraph stuff when I'm actually uh, writing it. So um, I'm saying no to some things in this quarter. So I've said no to a couple of things that I had arranged, sort of networking-y things. I've cancelled those um, because I just want the days for the writing to give myself the best chance of success with that sort of formidable writing plan. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do any training days, I hope. Um, hopefully no one will ask me to do that. I do have buffer days if I need them, but uh, I don't want to do any training days, no online training, no how-to blog posts. Um, you know, that's it. I'm just going to get on and do the writing. Everything's geared to my primary focus, which is 20 fiction books written by the end of 2020, uh, 10 and a half stone in weight, and a sub 30 minute run. That's what I'm after. Okay, so I, I do still have some ongoing marketing jobs. I don't really know. I, I've had to make these for the years, for the year ahead, not for the quarter ahead, because I'm not really quite sure when I'll get these done. I would like one of my evenings, probably I'll schedule it in. Well, in fact, I, I say I'll probably schedule it in. I've already contacted the secret bunker to, to try and fix this up. But one of the things I do want to do is um, I want to get some author kind of podcasty interviews done so I want to interview the people at the secret bunker to, um, to do an interview based around my book I want to do silent fonts and I also want to do when I do so many lies the gentleman who helped me do research on the island the that it's based on. I've done a fictional version of a real island where people go for family holidays um I want to do an interview with him too so I want to create some podcast interviews around my book settings as well. And the first one of those I want to be the secret bunker. So that's a marker signature. I'm pretty sure I'll be able to fit that in during one evening, even with my kind of horrendous writing and editing schedule. But I'll maybe just wait a week or two while I'm getting in the swing of it um, before I, I do that. But I do want to have an interview around the secret bunker. Um, I need to spend some time on Amazon ads. Uh, I'm not really doing around other than the book books. I'm not really doing anything on the Amazon ads. And I've been listening to a lot of podcasts while I've been in Spain and people are talking obviously I can't use Facebook which is so frustrating I had another go at Facebook while I was in Spain to see if they'd let me off the hook they just will not talk to me goodness knows what I'm supposed to have done but they will not talk to me so I'm going to need to look at Amazon ads at some point we'll have to see when that is um but on my kind of marketing list and I've put the images of my of my sort of marketing jobs on the page for this week at selfpublishingjourneys.com but on my marketing jobs I've got blog posts US versus UK endings violence in books and humor in books I've got uh, the TS uh, secret bunker promote it on bookbub try it in January February and March uh, don't tell Meg bookbub try it in January February and March um, I want to get my author notes proofread and added to the books um, I want to try and spend some time on the Amazon ads I want to get some fiction interviews and I'll prioritize, probably I'll prioritize The Secret Bunker and So Many Lies first for that, because those are the books that are either out or about to be out. Um, I want to add affiliate codes to my genius links. This is a, a my books to read link. So when you, when you use these 
links are one of their, their sort of geo links, aren't they? Where if, if when you click on the links, they just take you to the right bookstore. So I'm using Genius Links and Books to Read Links for that. I do need to add some affiliate codes to those. That's just a kind of marketing money kind of thing. And then I had um, a couple of books that I wanted to read as well on my marketing list. So I, I may get this done in the first quarter. I suspect it may take um, halfway through the year to get all of this stuff done, particularly if I keep this writing pace up. Um, but I wanted to read the Show Don't Tell book, which Jerry Evanoff had recommended on his podcast. And also I wanted to read the Launch to Market book. Now, uh, and and also another craft book I wanted to read was the Sizzling Synopsis book by Brian Cohn. So you'll know because I, I dropped that extra episode in just before I went to Spain at Christmas. I've read the Sizzling Synopsis book and the Launch to Market book before I went to Spain. And while I've been in Spain, I read the Show Don't Tell book. And it's a brilliant, brilliant book. Um, I read it on Kindle so I could kind of take it with me on the beach and things easily in my bag. And I, while I was in Spain, I ordered the paperback because it's the sort of book that you need by your side when you're editing. Scribble, scribble, scribble all over it. And I love it because it, I love formulaic stuff. It gives me a whole load of um, words. What do they call them? Red flag words. They call them red flag words to show that you're showing, not telling. No, hang on. You're telling, not showing. Yeah. Red flag words. And that's the sort of thing, right? I could deal with this. You know, I can, and not only does it make it very clear about showing, not telling. It also gives you these lovely red flag words, which gives me something to do to check my scripts. Um, you know, I, I generally like to have a checklist of things. And what I will do when I'm editing my books now is go through and specifically search for the red flag words and see if I've, I'm guilty of, of showing, no, telling, not showing. Great book, by the way, that book. So I actually read quite a lot of craft books while I was in Spain. So um, How to Write a Sizzling Slopsis was brilliant. Um, Show Don't Tell, brilliant. Um, I also read 2K to 10K by Rachel Aaron. Really good book. Um, I listened to this on a podcast. I heard about this on the Science Fiction and Fantasy Marketing podcast, which I'll talk to you about a bit in a moment. Um, it's a book called Writing for Life by J.H. Haskell. Just just an interesting book. I just wanted to read it because I'd heard the interview with him, but I, I found it very interesting. And he's, he, he has managed to create quite a short time writing superhero books uh, an income uh, an author income which means he doesn't have to work and that's why I was interested in reading his book and the other book I've read I've done quite well haven't I I'm quite pleased with this actually bearing in mind I've been away for three weeks and um, I also bought the book Cutting Passive Voice by Dan E. Butts and that was great too so Passive Voice and Show Don't Tell are my kind of writing nemesis nemeses or whatever you want to call them and so I really wanted to tackle those. And both of those books have given me actionable steps and things to check my texts for to try and make sure that I'm not doing those things. I highly recommend them to you both. And what I will do is I'll put links to the books in this week's show notes so that you can find the books really easily. Okay, I told you it was going to be a long one. Uh, I forgot to bring my tea. I've got a tea sitting outside going cold. Um, I've got some general news for you, just lots and lots of things that have happened really when I've been away. Um, Prolific Works contacted me to say that they were going to do a blog promotion on Don't Tell Meg. So I don't know how they spot these things, maybe because I shifted a lot of copies uh, in recent promotions that I've been doing. The one I had a couple of promotions on Don't Tell Meg within, um, I don't think I had one in Prolific Works, mind you. I think they were in Book Funnel. But anyhow, um, they got in contact with me and said, we'd like to feature your book on our blog they did 
few extra downloads, nothing stunning, but I was very grateful for that. Interestingly, um, and, and the only sort of reason I can give for this is that maybe I am shifting slightly more books than I was normally, and maybe people are just beginning to notice stuff, which is quite nice, because I've also had an email from Dan Wood at Draft the Digital. And Dan just dropped me an email to say that Apple are running um, a thriller promotion, and they're doing it in connection with Draft the Digital, and would I like to put one of my thrillers in? So just very much. Yes, I would. Thank you. So I've put Don't Tell Meg in because I, th- I can't remember now, but I think I mean, Don't Tell Meg was certainly high in f- free thrillers. It's hard to say free thrillers in Apple when I did the book bub on it. I can't remember if it got to number one. I think it might have done, but it got top five, didn't it? So anyhow, I said to Dan, look, this has done well in Apple already. I'd like to put that in the promo. So that was good. It's nice when people knock on your door and say, would you like to be part of this promotion opportunity? Yes, thank you very much. I would. Um, none of this stuff's happened to me before. This week I had uh, a couple of promos on uh, with Book Barbarian and Kindle Nation Daily. Now, um, these don't really move the needle massively. And I wish I could give you some numbers. But since I've got home, my book report is just stalled again. Um, but uh, the grid fall of justice, you know, it, it, it didn't... It didn't set the world on fire. Between the two of those, Fall of Justice got 178. The last figure it's showing me is 178 giveaways from those two promo sites. So it didn't set the world on fire, um, but they were fairly cheap and it, it got some more, some extra copies out into people's hands, I guess. You have to be positive about it. But do you know what? I'd even, I'd forgotten I was even doing those promos. Um, when I got the emails, I thought, oh, crikey, I hope I've, I hope I've done everything right for this. Uh, and, uh, I, I think I did, but, um, you know, I shift, I shifted some more copies and because it's the beginning of a trilogy, hopefully they'll go on to read books two and three. And of course I make money from that. So, uh, I, I, I'm not on top of things enough to have looked at those promos or how they did. I just let them run. It gave me more free downloads than I would normally get. And hopefully I'll get some read throughs and some money from that. Um, mentioning Book Barbarian, I've got to tell you that the there's a new podcast I'm kind of hanging on to every word with and going right through the back catalogue. It's called the Science Fiction Fantasy Marketing Podcast. And I think it was John Cronshaw who first mentioned this podcast. I think it was John. I think it was John who recommended an episode with Brian Meeks. I listened to that; it was an excellent episode. And I've started to wade through the back catalogue. They've got loads of episodes, about 180 or something. It's quite a lot of episodes. And I've started to selectively pick through the episodes. They've got some brilliant interviews in there. Now, don't be put off by the fact that it's science fiction and fantasy. It, that doesn't matter at all. It, 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 the fantasy had put me off. You see, even though I write science fiction, the fantasy put, put me off. I'm not. I like watching some fantasy on on telly, but I don't really want to write it. I'm not interested in writing at all don't read it either um and and uh you know so that put me off and created some friction but i'm i'm loving these interviews and they're really i mean marketing is the word there's some really good marketing stuff in there some really good marketing on the train from the airport back home today i was listening to an older episode about how to reinvigorate your backlist it's just absolutely beautiful information so I highly recommend that you check out the Science Fiction and Fantasy Marketing Podcast. It's done with three authors. I don't know the other two, but Lindsay Baroka is the one you'll have heard of. Um, she's very big in sci-fi and fantasy, I think. Uh, but it's just a, it's a great podcast, and it's really on the money with the marketing. Um, highly recommend it for that for that reason. Um, it's this is interesting that Self Publishing Journey's got its highest ever number of downloads in a month. Uh, since I launched it, which is quite a nice way to bow out 
with the author with the kind of interview. So highest numbers ever. Don't get too excited. They weren't very high. Um, you know, no one's going to come in and swoop in and sponsor. But it's a nice way to bow out. It was kind of a satisfying month to to bow out of doing the regular interviews. And remember, it's not over till it's over. I might return to them at some point, but it's over for now. Um, I can come back to it any time. And if I end up being an author full-time, I probably will come back to it. Um, but I got my highest ever number of downloads in December. Uh, it was 3,600 downloads. It's not very many. In fact, it's paltry by many podcast standards. Um, but uh, 3,600 downloads, that's a record for me in one month, you know, in 30, 31 days. Uh, how many is that? 100 a day? Something like that. You know, it's not terrible, uh, but it's not great. Not very good. Um so the podcast, as you know, is reduced to hobby level now. Uh, it's going to be a record of what I'm doing and interviews which serve my kind of personal interests. And obviously, they'll be of use to you too, because I'll make them of use to you. You know, I won't just be asking questions for me. I'll be asking questions for general authors, but they're going to be very, very haphazard, those now. Draft of Digital has introduced something very good uh, this week. Um, and they say, they sent us an email saying by far one of our most requested features has been the ability to pre-schedule price changes to help with upcoming promotions. And they've just done promo pricing in Drafter Digital. Now, you've heard me say a lot of times, I love Drafter Digital. I love these innovative platforms. And you'll also have heard me rant previously about companies like Prolific Works and MailerLite. And, and, and the difference is, is that Drafter Digital are doing really helpful innovations that help us all. Now, you find me a person who's going to moan about being able to pre-schedule price changes on Kobo, on Apple Books, on Barnes & Noble. That is a brilliant thing and an innovative thing to introduce. It's not changing something that, that wasn't broken. It's adding something that makes our lives better and easier. So um, I just wanted to differentiate there because I, you know, I love I love companies which innovate, and this is why I love Draft the Digital because they constantly innovate in a way that helps authors. Whereas the reason I was moaning about Prolific Works of MailerLite is that they're forcing changes upon us which we weren't asking for, um, and, and that's why I'm moaning about that. So I just wanted to differentiate between that. It's not me just being some grumpy old man. Um, you know, I, I, there is a very specific reason why I'm moaning about one and delighted about the other. Some are pointless innovations that no one was asking for. Draft the digitals are brilliant innovations which revolutionize the way we do business online. And that's the kind of innovations I'm always looking for in a software. John Highmarsh got in contact with me over Christmas. And I don't know whether you remember this. You've got a really good memory. You might remember me talking to Johnny. He, he said he was going to do a BookBub promotion and he was going to do it on a box set. And, and it was going to cost him, because you charge more for a box set, it was going to cost him almost $2,000. And and I, after talking to John, I thought, oh, I never thought of a box set. And I, sh- I, I, I put a bid in for a book a BookBub with a box set and, and the price was horrendous. And then I... I I had a panic overnight thinking, you know, I spent 1,500 on a book bub program, sold no books and I panicked and I, and I cancelled it. Well, I said to John, look, I, I haven't got the nerve for this, John, but will you just let me know what your numbers were for this promo that you did? And he has. And he said, I could share it with you. So, um, so John did this very expensive book bub promo. And he says, hi, Paul, I've just wiped the perspiration from my forehead and put down the nerve tonic, or was it gin and tonic? The results of my BookBub promotion, and he'll have higher than this, but these were just the promote. This is after the main promotion. They've probably gone up a bit since then. He got 1,064 sales on Amazon, 94 sales on Kobo, 137 sales on Apple, 
80 sales on Nook. So his sales were 1,375 sales from that book by promo. Now his total costs were just under $2,000, $2,000. And the revenue to him was two and a half thousand dollars. So John says, I'm certainly out of the red. Um, he's, he's made some profit and shifted some books. The results included some really good genre placements and reached about number 300 in top paid in Amazon. He said, the really scary part, keep in mind that the book's a techno thriller and the pr- protagonist is genetically engineered and there's not a starship in sight. So he, he, he promoted this, I think, in military sci-fi. Um, and so he did that and he's not really even in the, he's not really quite in the right category. I think is what he's saying with that. Anyhow, he said, will I do a book book at the end of December again? Probably not too nerve wracking. It was a high risk promotion, but hey, on reflection, I should have more books in the series to generate more sell through. Uh, he says, he says, I've got a cover for book five. So I just need to do a bit more writing. So, uh, congratulations, John. I mean, you know, the key, the key point of that is he's running at slight profit. He shifted a lot of books. He got a lot of readers and he's made some profit from that. So, and he probably got a lot of book bub follows and things like that. So, uh, well done, John. I'm so pleased he did it and I didn't because I don't know that I can take the tension of a $2,000. Bookbub promo, blimey. You imagine if you didn't make any sales. I wanted to share my earnings figures with you. Um, this was just something I did in Spain one evening. Um, I can, I can give you my earnings for the year this year. And I just want, I, now, you know, the dollar conversions will, will be adjusted and all that sort of thing. So use this, this is pretty well accurate, but obviously converting dollars to pounds is a moving target. Um, but I, I just thought I'd share my figures with you and, and getting these figures um, made me go back and look at my old figures. And I'm just going to give you, I can give you a really good indication of what I've earned since I've been doing this. And it was really fascinating. So let me start from 2014. Now, 2014, I didn't really do anything. I, I, I was, that was the year I was writing the secret bunker books. I can't even remember whether I, I might have launched book one. I can't even remember what I did in 2014. Um, but in 2014, which wouldn't have been a full year either, I just made $76.60. So I, I didn't, I hadn't really even started. So I don't think we could really count that year. The first full year I had when I was selling you know, a proper trilogy of books and adding some books. In 2015, I made $2,242.66. $2,242.66. In 2016, I just upped that a little bit, $2,612.05. And to be honest with you, in those years, I was more concerned with writing than I was really marketing. I wasn't really marketing very much at all. Then I wasn't doing book bubs, probably done the odd free booksy, something like that. But I wasn't really promoting the books. They were just kind of sitting there. In 2017, I made $10,621.90. And now in 2018, my book income this year was $20,300. $20,300. That's what I'm trying to say. At one cent. <laughs> that's what the numbers came out. So $20,000 and 300. Sorry, $20,300 and one cent. Sorry, I can't do my dollar conversions right. Um, so I found that really interesting. I think you've got to discount 2014 because I hadn't really started then. So 2015 was the first year I was doing it properly. So $2,200, pretty well the same in 2016. Cause I hadn't got a clue what I was doing. I was really just writing and getting books out there at that point and building websites and things. But then in 2017, um, I got my first book bub. And this is the difference, by the way. The difference is book bubs. 
Um, so I, I go up to 10,621 in 2017. And then this year, I earned 20,300. So I was really pleased to break that $20,000 barrier. Now, the the thing to point out about this is there have been a couple of reports out recently. So $20,000 is about £16,000. And the Guardian reported in 2018 that average author income is £12,500. So I'm really pleased to have completely exceeded that £12,500 number. Uh, and remember, the average, that average author is generally kind of traditional authors, and it includes people like J.K. Rowling and Stephen King, and obviously people who aren't making any sales at all who are traditionally published. But, um, you know, I, I, I take this moment to give myself a very short and brief pat on the back to say, from my own efforts, I'm quite pleased with that, um, to have beaten the average author income by, was it, £3,500. Uh, that feels quite good. Now, the Authors Guild report, which came out over Christmas, and um, they they say um, in their survey, they say the median income for specifically book related income for published authors declined twenty one percent to three thousand one hundred dollars in two thousand and seventeen, and from three thousand nine hundred dollars in two thousand and thirteen, and just over fifty percent from two thousand and nine's median book earnings of six thousand two hundred and fifty. So they're putting the uh, author's earnings at $3,100, which I was almost earning in those first two years when I was making any kind of income from my books. Now, the thing you've got to remember with this is that that's kind of book income. I'm not taking that as personal income. So although I'm, I generated £16,000 worth or $20,000 worth of sales from my books, I... That isn't money in my pocket. All that has gone straight back in the business. So I'm not taking that as income in any way. So you've got to bear that in mind. Now, let me tell you about what the breakdown was for that $20,300 I made. That was $181 from Payhip. And the Payhip books are just the free... Do you remember I said earlier in the year, as my marketing efforts, books I give away free in uh, Prolific Works and Book Funnel. I just make an upsell to people and sell a box set and those box sets since I launched them have made me $181.16 so you know better than a kick in the teeth isn't it uh, on Amazon I made $12,253 I'll round these up I won't put the cents on um, on CreateSpace I told you I'd been sort of selling the paperbacks my MailChimp and my WordPress book had just been chugging along nicely but on CreateSpace this year I made $1,468 now, this is interesting because, of course, I went wide for that second book bub and I made $3,852 on Apple Books, $1,350 on Barnes & Noble, $814 on Kobo, $247 on Publish Drive. And Publish Drive mainly is Google Play. And if you remember, I, I got a couple of months income from Google Play because I, I did Google Play, got fed up with the taxing and I've moved over to Publish Drive now instead. But my income from Google Play was $132. So my biggest earner, obviously, was um, Amazon. After that, it was Apple Books, which is very interesting to me. And then Barnes & Noble and CreateSpace were pretty well level. You've got, um, after that, you've got things like PayHit, which is bring a bit of extra information, a bit of extra income in. You've got Kobo and you've got Google Play. So I found that um, fascinating. Um, and I hope you will too. Um, so my number this year, $20,000. Uh, now, you know, I will take about a minute to be pleased with myself for that because that's a nice number, 20,000 to hit. It's twice what I did last year. And then the last year I did, um, what was it? 
five times when I had the $10,000 year. That was about four to five times what I'd done previously. Um, so that's pretty good. Um, so, you know, those numbers are going up. And I would say $20,000 is not a bad earnings year for this year. But it's, as you know, I'm not happy with that. I, I'm way off happy with that. I, I can take some pleasures from it, but it's not enough. And I'm not happy with it. And it needs to be, you know, it needs to be a rock steady two to $5,000 a month until I'm going to be happy with that. And, and I mean rock steady. I don't mean occasional. I mean every month it needs to be that um, until I'm going to be happy with it. Um, I just wanted to really, this is for me, for me to remember, something that I want to remember. I said that, I said before Christmas when I was pre-recording the diaries, I said that trilogies, I thought trilogies were the best way to write and market books. But listening to Adam Croft, I was listening to Adam Croft on a podcast over Christmas and New Year. I can't think where it was. It might have been on the Science Fiction and Fantasy Marketing podcast. I can't remember where I was listening to Adam. And he said that he's had his best success with standalones, the book, the two books that he made all his money on, you know, these soar away successes that he had, they were standalones. They weren't in series. And that made me think that's me imposing my own limitations because there's absolutely no reason why my standalone shouldn't do as well as Adam's. Uh, and I just thought, blimey, that's a real mindset and marketing issue for me to address because Adam's there saying, I don't make as much money from my series and he's got he's got I think he's got a couple of series Adam has I think that's right uh, he says I've made all my money on standalones and there's here's me telling you I make my money on series but and I can't sell my standalones and I just thought right okay memo to self for 2019 that's nonsense Paul if Adam's saying that you can sell standalones it's all about your marketing your marketing message and your mindset about that. You, you're telling yourself you can't sell standalone books. Look at what Adam's done. He's had phenomenal success with two, with two books. And the reason he's had that success is, is predominantly, I'm sure he would admit this. This is what he says in his interviews. Predominantly, he got the marketing message beautifully correct with those books. And then people were piling in and buying it. So that's given me food for thought, particularly as I'm, you know, I am talking about doing something with those books because I've wasted my opportunity with my four standalone thrillers. They're good books and I, I want to sell them. So I thought that's great. It was a really good timing to hear Adam talking about that because that makes me feel much different about those books and the way I'm going to sell them and market them. Okay, I said it was going to be a long one. Actually, it's not as long as I thought it was going to be. I do apologize for this being a bit all over the place. But when I've been in Spain, uh, I just thought I've got to do a podcast when I get back because I've got too many things to tell you. Uh, and it was all hickledy pickledy. I was adding bits and pieces and I got a script here. And it's a bit all over the place. Apologies for that. Hopefully you'll be able to draw the nuggets out. Uh, one last thing I've got to tell you is, uh, in case you missed it, is that Patreon is now free. And um, uh, if you want to continue uh, supporting on Patreon, that's fantastic. Thank you very much for that. But you are now just supporting me doing this diary. And so there are no hard feelings if you want to ca cancel as a patron. I'm not doing any extra episodes. I'm not doing any monthly episodes. I'm not doing any promises on Patreon. Patreon is just simply there um, to support the podcast, uh, to help pay the expenses of the hosting, um, the Libsyn costs, and, and my time for producing it. Um, but I'm not promising anything extra, certainly not at the moment, because it's all going to be about the writing. So I just wanted to remind you, number one, that um, now I'm back and I can get all this done over the weekend, 
All of that Patreon content is going to be free that I've put it in there. You can access it all free. Just dive in. You don't have to join anything or pay anything. Uh, and if you are a Patreon supporter, thank you very much for your for your uh, patronage. Um, but there will be zero hard feelings for me if you joined because you were getting extra content and now you're not. Um, if you want to cancel Patreon, Patron, Patreon, whatever it's called, you're welcome to do so. Uh, I just appreciate you being here and I appreciate your kind of camaraderie and your emails. Um, and I hope that I'm providing some information that is useful to you. Um, but if you don't, if you want to cancel Patreon, feel free to do so. Uh, I will, however, say that I think I've got about three or four emails this week from people saying they're going to continue, um, supporting via Patreon. And thank you very much for that. Um, I think it was Patrick Sheriff who said it's way less than the subscription to a magazine and, uh, and, you know, get more value from that or get a lot of value from it. So I think it's quite a nice way of looking at it. What does Joanna Penn say? For less than the price of a coffee. Um, you know, so yeah, um, you're very, very welcome. I'd be delighted if you were happy to support me on Patreon, but no hard feelings if you, uh, want to depart. This is a great time to go if you want to go. Okay. That is it for Paul's podcast diary this week. I'm very tired. I was up at five o'clock Spanish time today to catch a transfer bus to the airport. We had an hour and a bit at the airport before we could check in, almost two hours before we could check in. We checked in, had another hour wait at the airport, jumped on the plane, three-hour flight. Then we had to get the metro from the airport to Newcastle Station. Saw my mum off at Newcastle Station. We jumped on the little shuttle cattle truck from Newcastle to Carlisle. And I'm home. I've about a quarter of an unpacked my bag. And I thought I must get this out for Saturday morning with the update. So that's why it's a bit jumbled. But I have a more coherent diary for you next week. Remember, no more weekly guest interviews now. There won't be a guest interview on Monday. But I will have another episode of the diary for you next Saturday, the 19th of January. Next time I speak to you, and I'm sure I'm hesitating to tell you this, but I ought to have 10,000 words done of a military sci-fi book when I talk to you next week. Can you believe that? So keep your fingers crossed i should be 10k words into 150k word military sci-fi trilogy fingers crossed you'll find out on next week's diary until then have a great week of writing bye-bye for now thanks for listening to paul's podcast diary make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days until then we hope you have a great week of writing